Good evening, everyone. Sorry. Good evening, everyone. My name is Justin Ardenoir, and I'm the chair of the Planning Commission. Welcome to the Planning Commission meeting. Please remember to turn off your cell phones. The parking validation machine for the garage under City Hall is located at the rear of the chambers at the top of the stairs. Following roll call during summary of hearing procedure, we'll review how the public may provide comment during today's session. We'll start by saluting the flag. Please join me. Thank you. Now we'll take roll. Uh, myself, Justin Lardenois, I'm here. Vice Chair Ellis Wise. Here. Commissioner Barosio is absent. Commissioner Bickford. Here. Commissioner Cantrell. Here. Commissioner Casey. Here. Commissioner Garcia. Here. Commissioner Oliverio is absent. Commissioner Rosario is also absent. Commissioner Tordillas. Here. And Commissioner Young. Here. Great. I believe that we have nine, no, sorry, eight in attendance. Is that correct? Great. Yeah. Good. We have quorum. All right. Summary of hearing procedures. If you want to address the commission, please fill out a speaker card located at the table near the audiovisual technician and deposit the completed card in the basket. There are also speaker cards in the back of the chambers and at the side entrance. The procedure for this hearing is as follows. After staff's presentation, applicants and or appellants may make up to a five-minute presentation. During the public comment period, the chair will call out names on the submitted speaker cards and the order received for those members of the public who attend in person. As your name is called, line up in front of the microphone at the front of the chamber. For members of the public who attend by teleconference, the meeting technician will connect those persons who desire to speak to the commission so they may be heard. Generally, each speaker will be given up to two minutes for public testimony and speakers using a translator will have up to four minutes. At the discretion of the chair, the time allowed to each speaker may be changed depending on the number of items on the agenda, number of speakers, and other factors. Speakers using a translator will have double the time allotted. After the public testimony, the applicant and or appellant may make closing remarks for up to an additional five minutes. Planning commissioners may ask questions of the speakers. Response to commissioners' questions will not reduce the speaker's time allowance. The public hearing will then be closed, and the planning commission will take action on the item. The planning commission may request staff to respond to the public testimony, ask staff questions, and discuss the item. If you challenge these land use decisions in court, you may be limited to raising only to raising only those issues you or someone else raised at this public hearing or in written correspondence delivered to the city at or prior to the public hearing. The Planning Commission's action on rezonings, pre-zonings, general plan amendments, and code amendments is only advisory to City Council. The City Council will hold public hearings on these items. Section 20.120.400 of the Municipal Code provides procedures for legal protests to the City Council on rezonings and pre-zonings. The Planning Commission's action on conditional use permits is appealable to the City Council in accordance with Section 20.100.220 of the Municipal Code. Agendas and all staff reports for this meeting may be accessed at the City's website. And this script is a lot to deliver. I'm breathless. <laughs> Why is that? They used to have a recording. Oh, did they? Okay. Well, I, I never knew about that. <laughs> Anyways, um, we'll go to section one, call to order and orders of the day. Before we begin, I want to remind the planning commission members and members of the public to follow our code of conduct at meetings. This includes commenting on the specific agenda item only and addressing the full body. Public speakers not engaged in a conversation with commissioners or staff. All members of the planning commission, staff, and the public are expected to refrain from abusive language. Repeated failure to comply with the code of conduct which will disturb, disrupt, or impede the orderly conduct of this meeting may re result in removal from the meeting. This meeting, the Planning Commission will now come to order. All right. Um, section two is public comment. Um, do we have anyone for public comment? There's one person in the chamber, and we may have folks on Zoom. We do have one on Zoom. Okay. Before we get to them, I'll read the script section on that. Um, 
public comments to the Planning Commission on non-agendized items. For members of the public who attend in person, please fill out a speaker's card and give it to the technician. For members of the public who join by teleconference, please use the raise hand feature in Zoom or press star 9 on your phone to raise a hand to speak. Each member of the public may address the commission for up to two minutes. The commission cannot take any formal action without the item being properly noticed and placed on an agenda. In response to public comment, the Planning Commission is limited to the following options. Responding to statements made or questions posed by members of the public, or requesting staff to report back on a matter of subsequent meeting, or directing staff to place the item on a future agenda. At this time, we can take public comment. Paul Soto. Uh, yes, good evening. Paul Soto from the Horseshoe. I want to talk about redlining. And th there's, a, there's a real problem with the way that this planning commission conducts itself because it never accounts for redlining. You see, if you continue to perpetuate a racist system and a racist segregative system that was set up specifically to racialize and segregate people by race, and you cannot point to me any point in time where that has been completely overhauled and amended and corrected. Now, if you can't point to me that time, that means that what you're doing is you're continuing to perpetuate the racist policies that have been in place since that the creation of those maps. Now, my life has been impacted by that. And I, I'm, I'm getting really frustrated and sick and tired of this commission not addressing that. Because all you I, I want to hear your rhetoric. I don't care whether you acknowledge that philosophically or rhetorically. That means nothing to me. What I want to see is I want to see somebody with some nerve, somebody that's got the political will and the courage to start saying, hey, you know what? Since we never say hey this is what we did in order to check if you can't do that then what you are actually doing is you are continuing to perpetuate the exact racist policies that created the zoning systems that we have now see because you can't point to me at a point in time in the history of the planning commission where that's ever been done and i think in this moment in time of gentrification I think you have a moral, an ethical, and a legal responsibility to do that. And I'm I'm actually demanding that of you. I'm demanding some action. We need some people with some courage. Thank you, Mr. Soto, for your comment. Uh, just before we go to the next public comment, I want to acknowledge that Commissioner Barosio and Commissioner Oliverio have joined us. Do we have any other public comments tonight? We do not have any more on Zoom. Okay, and I don't believe we have any in person, so we'll go on to the next section on the agenda, which is item three, deferrals and removals from calendar. Do we have anything tonight? No. Okay. All right, and section four is the consent calendar. Um, I believe our only consent calendar item is the minutes from our last meeting on December 13th. Um, do we have any amendments to the minutes or a motion? A motion from Commissioner Oliverio to approve the second. minutes from our last meeting and a second from Commissioner Casey. All right. Great. We'll go to a vote. Vice Chair Ellis Wise? Yes. Commissioner Barosio? Yes. Commissioner Bickford? Yes. Commissioner Cantrell? Yes. Commissioner Casey? Yes. Commissioner Garcia? Yes. Commissioner Oliverio? Yes. 
Commissioner Rosario is absent. Commissioner Tordillos? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. And myself, yes. That's 10 yes, zero no, and one abstention. It passes. Thank you. Also, I forgot to say earlier, but um, welcome everyone to our first meeting of the year. All right, item five is the public hearing. Generally, public hearing items are considered by Planning Commission in the order which they appear on the agenda. However, advi be advised that the Commission may take items out of order to facilitate the agenda, such as to accommodate significant public testimony, or may defer items, excuse me, or may defer discussions of items to later agendas for public hearing time and time management purposes. And also, before we go on to the item on our agenda, I want to acknowledge that Commissioner Rosario is here with us tonight. All right. Our one item for the public hearing is C23-119, which um, regards the housing element residential overlay zoning. Do we have a staff presentation on this item? Yes. Thank you, Chair. Good evening, um, Commission. Um, my name is Kenneth Cho, Planner with the Planning Division. And tonight we're, go we're going to go over the proposal to apply the Housing Element Residential Overlay, um, HERO for short, on additional sites. So to start off, um, I wanted to provide some project background and timeline. Um, on November 15, 2023, the Planning Commission considered the ordinances creating the Heroes Zoning District and the North San Jose Overlay Districts, um, including the Affordable Housing Overlay as well as the Mixed Income Housing Overlay. Um, on November 29, 2023, um, staff submitted a revised housing element to the um, State Department of um, Housing and Community Development, HCD, um, responding to their August 28, 2023 um, comments. Um, HCD has 60 days to review and respond um, to our resubmittal, um, which ends on January 28, 2024. On December 5, 2023, the City Council adopted the General Plan Amendment and ordinances for the Hero Zoning District as well as the North San Jose Overlay Districts. Um, on December 22nd, 2023, staff received feedback from HCD regarding the affordable housing overlay district in North San Jose, which um, required 100% affordable housing, um, more specifically um, the affordable housing overlay. Um, uh, it is their opinion that the 100 requirement would act as a constraint on housing. Based on Based on conversations with HCD, they indicated that the rezoning action should be completed prior to the end of HCD's 60-day review period, which concludes on January 28th. Therefore, staff brought forward an urgency ordinance that enacted the proposed actions contained in this recommendation um, to the January 23rd, 2024 City Council meeting, which happened yesterday, to meet this deadline. Normally, staff would bring the two ordinances together, and that was what um, staff had originally intended to do on January 10th of this year. However, given the late feedback and deadline from HCD, staff, ha staff had deferred the item um, and brought the urgency ordinance to an earlier council um, date. There are a total of 12 sites identified for the hero overlay. 
Staff has split them up into two categories in the following slides. First is the additional recycled sites identified. Upon further review of the city's site inventory, staff identified six additional sites included in the previous housing element, which must be rezoned to the Hero um, Zoning District. These sites were not included in the rezoning on December 5th, 2023. As outlined in this slide, the sites must allow a density of 30 dwelling units per acre and allow residential use by right when a housing development project includes at least 21% units affordable to lower income households. The sites may still be developed under the base zoning district and the development standards will follow the base zoning district. The following slides shows the six additional sites identified for the Hero Zoning District. Of the six sites, one has the mixed-use commercial general plan designation. Three has the mixed-use neighborhood general plan designation. One has the urban residential general plan designation, and one has the urban village general plan designation. All of these sites currently allow housing either through the existing land use designation or through a GP policy and these sites account for approximately 716 units of the city's low-income RENA goal. Next, um, we have the North San Jose affordable housing overlay sites. Several sites in North San Jose were included in a previous housing element and are required to be rezoned pursuant to government code section 65583.2. As previously described, this rezoning requires a minimum density of 30 dwelling units per acre and residential use by right when housing development includes at least 20% of the units affordable to lower income households. Staff interpreted this law to mean that a rezoning could exceed the 20% threshold and considered the affordable housing overlay having the 100% affordable requirement in compliance. On November 29th, 2023, staff received an inquiry from HCD regarding the affordability requirements in the North San Jose overlay districts. Staff clarified that the city's approach on the zoning overlay and informed them that city council will be considering the zoning overlays um, the following Tuesday on December 5th, 2023, and that it would be helpful to receive feedback prior to that meeting. On December 22nd, 2023, staff received a response from HCD with their position that the 100% affordability requirement of the affordable housing um, overlay zoning district could act as a potential constraint on housing development. Their interpretation was that state law allows some flexibility. However, 100% is too high above the 20% threshold. Although staff does not agree with the HCD's interpretation, Given the legally required deadline of January 31st um, of this year to complete these rezonings, it is in the best interest of the city to revise its approach and apply the Hero Zoning District um, on these sites. The following slide shows the six affordable housing sites identified for the Hero Zoning District. Of the six sites, three have the Urban Village General Plan Land Use Designation, and three have the Industrial Park General Plan Land Use Designation, with a Transit Employment Residential General Plan Overlay. All of these six sites were rezoned on December 5th of 2023 to have the Affordable Housing General Plan Land Use Designation and the Affordable Housing Overlay Zoning District. 
The proposed action repeals the action from December 5th um, applying the general plan land use designation and zoning amendments to these six sites and applies the Hero Zoning District. These sites account for approximately 1,688 units of the city's low-income RENA goals. Consistent with the direction from City Council to increase affordability in North San Jose, staff is proposing to require any proposed residential development on the six North San Jose sites that were formerly affordable housing overlay to include at least 20% low-income units. This differs from the other HERO sites where applicants may propose a housing development project and choose to provide 20% low-income units for a local ministerial process or a housing development project with lower affordability for a discretionary review process. Under this proposed amendment, residential use would only be permitted on these North San Jose sites if the project meets the 20% affordability requirement. A non-residential project may still be permitted through the underlying zoning district where applicable. Staff consulted with, the, with HZ on this approach and was told that establishing such an affordable housing requirement on the six sites was allowed under state law. Therefore, staff recommends that the Planning Commission recommends that the City Council take all of the following actions. Consider the determination of consistency with the City um, of San Jose's 2023 to 2031 Housing Element Update Supplemental Environmental Impact Report in accordance with the California Environmental Quality Act and approve an ordinance repealing the application of the affordable housing overlay on the six sites in North San Jose from the Envision San Jose 2040 General Plan land use, um, land use and Transportation Diagram and Zoning District Maps. And B, amending the Zoning District Map to apply the Hero um, Housing Element Residential Overlay Zoning District to allow housing development projects by right where at least 20% of the units are affordable to lower income households on 12 sites citywide pursuant to state law and amending chapter 20.65.200, the HERO affordable housing development requirement to require six sites in North San Jose to meet the 20% affordability requirement under state law. This concludes staff presentation and staff is available for any questions. Thank you. Um, go open it up to the commission now. Um, give me just a second. Okay. Um, do we have any questions for staff, uh, Commissioner Cantrell? So, does oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I totally forgot to do public comment. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, let, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Commissioner Cantrell. Do we have any public comment on this item? We have several speakers on Zoom. All right, let's uh, go ahead. Okay, Ryan, go ahead with your comment. Hi, can you hear me? We can hear you, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, my name is Ryan Globus. I live in D6 in the Deardon area. Um, and I wanted to comment specifically on 845 Park Avenue, um, which is one of the hero overlay sites. Um, I would love to see more housing in the neighborhood. I live, I live near that site. Um, I love that it's by right. Um, 
but that site burned down in 2021 and uh, it used to be a like a party planning uh, business and they a couple months ago they started rebuilding it finally uh, and they're almost done with construction so they, they put all this money and time and effort into rebuilding it as a commercial space so it seems highly unlikely that this will actually be turning into housing within the next eight years um, so I would ask that you pick either a, a different or an additional site because I don't think this as much as I would love for it to be housing I don't think it's realistic that this would be housing uh, again that's 845 Park Avenue uh, thank you so much thank you Ryan next speaker Paul Soto? Uh, yes, thank you, Paul Soto from the Horseshoe. I, I need to remind you this again, all right? Yesterday at council, the auditor came up with very specific statistics. You see large, large portions of affordable housing being built. BLI, BLI, you know, you know the rest, you know, the poor people. All that stuff was being built. Once we hit 2016, you see a market just, bam, a drop. And that drop has been consistent. Here's a fact, 95 to 115% of market rate housing has been built on time every single year from 2016 until now. In the same time period, at the same rate, no more than 25% of ELI and BLI has been built since that time, since 2016. Very consistently, this is by design, people. How many times do I have to come here and tell you that this is by design? You have to do something. It starts here in the Planning Commission. This is where it starts. I don't care that, oh, well, we don't have no power. The council does whatever it wants to do. No, that's, no, 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 no. We're going to start here. And what you're going to do is I want 30%. I want 30%. I don't care what the law says. The law is what instituted redlining and got us into this existential crisis that we have now. Now, now say it along with me, existential crisis, which means that my existence in the existence of the of of the citizens that have experienced the historical injustices, which were both economic and political, are now in a position to where we are dependent upon you to make decisions that are going to correct that, that are going to amend it. And if you don't think that you have a responsibility to amend that, you need to quit. Quit your job. Get out of here. We don't need you sitting there anymore. We need people in there that have the courage and that have the will and that have the knowledge that are going to be able to stand up. Stand up. Quit sitting down, quit allowing this to happen. What I want is I want 30%. Come on, somebody's got the courage. Somebody's got the courage to say, you know what? We need to correct that deficit that we created in only having 25% of ELI and VLI being built from 2016 till now, and let's do it now, 30%. Thank you, Paul. Chair, do we? I just want to share when people make comments and they're with misinformation and the public listens, they might think it's accurate. So I think what the speaker was talking about coincided with the elimination of the redevelopment agencies by the state of California, which funded the low-income housing in San Jose. So I think for the general public that's listening, they should understand that was done by the legislature and governor. Thank you. Relating to the public comment. It doesn't change the fact. I understand where you're coming from. Still doesn't change the fact. Economic. It doesn't change Economic. the fact. Okay. We can definitely discuss this further when we get to the commission discussion. Uh, do we have any other speakers for public comment? We do not. Okay. So that'll be now. 
Um, Commissioner Young, I had you down first, and then, or sorry, no, Commissioner Cantrell, I had you first, and then Commissioner Young. Uh, quickly, actually, I, I know about that property too, and I assume whoever owns it makes the decision of whether or not they'll sell it. <laughs> so uh, I think the market will determine that. Uh, my question is, is there anything here that precludes anyone from building 100% affordable at their choice and desire on those properties? No, so the 20% is a minimum. Um, they, um, developers can feel free to um, you know, exceed that if they like. And does that mean that they can get away with paying into a fund or is that required housing? So um, Michael and Jerry can correct me if I'm wrong, but They'll be required to build the units. They wouldn't be able to pay any lease fees. Great. That's correct. Yeah. Thank you. Commissioner Young. Thank you, Chair. Um, you know, I, I understand that um, we need to stay in compliance with, with state law. So, I, you know, of course, we're going to support your, your proposal and the work you've done. But I, I just want to understand where the state was coming from and, and just if you could uh, let us know why this, why HCD felt that 100% affordable housing that you all had a, had a pr uh, proposed would cause a constraint on housing. Jared Ferguson, a principal planner. Um, yeah, so they, as, as Kenneth had noted in the presentation, their, their opinion regarding it was that if we, so the law says uh, at least 20%, and so they, they said we could exceed that, but they felt that going up to 100%, in their opinion, would, would be a barrier to housing. Now, I think we, would, we, disagree with the, we disagree with the interpretation. We also disagree with that opinion based on our experience with where we have areas where we do, you know, we only allow 100% affordable housing. We've actually seen benefits where um, affordable developers get access to properties ahead of time and where, we, you know, it hasn't been a barrier to creating low-income housing. Um, you know, had, had we had this opinion from them sooner, I think maybe we could have worked with them to show them, you know, how, how it's different in San Jose and how some of our policies have been successful, but given kind of the lateness of the opinion we got from them and the deadline we were up against, we just couldn't, couldn't do that at this time. Um, I think in, in the future, we'd like to look again at North San Jose specifically and see if there are maybe other sites or maybe there are other, um, zoning overlays we could apply on these sites, like the mixed income overlay. Um, I think had we had, had more time, we maybe would have considered that on these sites, which is a compliant uh, zoning overlay in their opinion, but again, we just didn't have the, the time to do that, so. Okay, yeah, thank you, I appreciate that. I just, um, I, to be honest with you, when I saw this item, I'm scratching my head. I really am, because HCD is an agency that has been, you know, quite rightfully hounding many, many cities in the state that are not providing enough affordable housing. And yet we, <laughs> the staff and us, made an effort to do that and are told by that same agency that no, that's too aggressive. So I, I just, quite frankly, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I know that's not on you guys, but just. Uh, well, just to add to what Jared said, what they said is they think it they 100% could be a barrier, and we had it. They gave us a choice. They said, "Listen, you could either just apply the hero, or if you want, you could provide us with additional analysis that shows that it's not, and shows that we are incorrect. That's your choice. But given where we were in the timeline of the the have, they have to be 
the zoning's have to be approved by January 31st, and that this really, they wanted it resolved before their 60-day deadline to respond um, ended this Sunday. There, we just decided, our recommendation is let's just apply the hero, let's not go in a back and forth about showing them additional analysis. We didn't have time, we actually found out the Friday before Christmas when we were out of the office. So we found out when we came back on the new year. So actually found out during, but anyway. Um, so I think, so they did give us the option for more analysis and justification, but where we are today, we don't think that's a prudent approach. Com I completely understand, so I'll, I'll support the, the, uh, the item. Commissioner Cantrell, is this like urgent response to this? Yeah, go ahead. So you said that 100 was too much, so you went to 20. Was 30 possible? They said, so like our 25% in the mixed income, they said was not a barrier. And so like I said, we, we might have considered applying that, but given, like, given the time, I mean, we probably potentially could go to 30%, but it, we didn't have the zoning overlay created. We didn't have, so it, again, it's just the timing issue. So as we look at this going forward, again, as we look at North San Jose, we could consider some of those changes in the future. But for right now, we have to put this in place to, to be compliant. Thank you. Uh, and so I had a question. Um, just remind me how emergency ordinances work. It's, uh, it requires a higher threshold of the council to vote, and it's temporary, but it can be fast-tracked through the process, right? Is that how? Like, just to clarify why it was passed an emergency ordinance, and now we're considering it. Um, so, it yeah, it, it is not temporary. It's permanent, and it goes into effect immediately. Um, so there is a charter provision, Section 605, which allows for... The for the adoption of an ordinance to go into effect immediately to preserve public health and safety. Um, that's in the urgency ordinance that the uh, council passed last night, which you can read. But it requires certain findings of, of why. Um, so those findings were made to say that if we aren't able to meet the rezoning requirement by January 31st, which is the deadline set by the state, that certain things uh, would happen as a consequence or might happen as a consequence. So those are the findings made that why this was so important to do immediately. But we're also taking um, this regular conventional ordinance to planning commission and to council just as a safety precaution, but also it reflects an additional change to the um, city code. Gotcha. So, and it requires eight votes. Right. Uh, safety precaution as in like in case there was a challenge. Uh, right, of whether it was actually an emergency situation. Correct. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. Uh, sorry, Michael? Just a note, there's the one thing that's being added. So this is not the emergency ordinance process. This is a convention. Last night was the emergency that in this um, proposal today, we've added <coughs> this, the, the, a section that essentially requires 20%. What council approved yesterday did have 20%, but this adds, adds it in the code that says, but 20% could be required as mandatory or greater um, and refer to the resolution, right? Is that what we did, Jerry? The action last night required the 20%. This just adds a note in the, in the zoning ordinance that references that ordinance so that for on those six sites, the 20% is required so that if anyone's looking um, at Right, it, so it doesn't know. change the requirement. It just adds the resolution so that future staff have it in the code so they will look at it and look, oh, on these sites, I need to require 20 so thank you um and so just following up um on earlier discussion 
so I understand that we're going through this process because the city felt there wasn't enough time to, you know, explore the issue further with HTD. Um, my question is, is it legally possible to revisit this in the future and like for this housing element cycle? And if so, is that something staff is planning to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we believe that as long as the uh, any future zoning is compliant with the law, then we could you know make changes, and I think we're intending to to consider it in the future if it if it makes sense on these sites and and other sites in North San Jose. I think we're going to kind of look holistically at the area again to to make sure that we're properly accommodating you know um, uh, potential for affordable housing in particular, given our goals there of 20% affordable that we have from from the the council. So, thank you. All right, that's it for my questions. I have Commissioner Barosio and then Commissioner Tordillas. Perfect, thank you. Good evening, everyone. Um, quick question uh, to the first caller's question um, or suggestion. How is it feasible to swap out um, one of the designated sites for another that maybe is on the wait list? And then the second question is, do we have um, any on the wait list. So for the next time around, do we have some already identified as possible sites? Um, so um, according to our permit records, the, the site was um, burned down um, due to fire damage and they came in with a permit to rebuild um, back in March of 2023. So um, the site was already in the inventory. So that's why um, um, we're go moving forward with the rezoning. Um, and the site was in the inventory way before um, 2023 of um, March of last year. Um, so just just to add to that too, so since it is in the current inventory and it appeared in a previous inventory, we have to apply this zoning to it. So there's you, you can't choose which one, I mean, you can't put it on something else. We have to apply it on this one um, since it's in our inventory. Um, for, for other sites in our inventory and throughout the city, you know, we're considering our own um, ministerial uh, approval ordinance, and so that could apply citywide and is a kind of different approval process and something that we're going to work on later this year. So it could be a, a pathway for other sites that don't have this uh, specific zoning overlay. But again, this is very specific to sites that ap appeared in a previous housing element um, site inventory. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And um, I may have missed it. Uh, do we have any that we are looking forward to in terms of um, doing the hero overlay in the future? Is there some in, in the inventory or some in the pipeline that that are potentials? Um, so kind of the universe for hero is sort of known now since we have our, our inventory and our adopted housing element and we know um, sites that were in the previous inventory. So. I don't know that we would necessarily look to apply the hero to other sites outside of that. I mean, something we could consider, but we don't have a plan for that currently. I think some of the overlays we created in North San Jose, we may consider on additional sites, but um, at this time, we're not necessarily considering applying um, the hero uh, to other sites. Well, Jared, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we do have an action in the housing element to explore additional sites within North San Jose for housing or, or, or affordable or just housing in general. So that's right. So yeah. we would be looking to apply the other two overlays that we the affordable housing overlay or the mixed income overlay, which also allow, allow a, a buy right approval um, and have somewhat different affordability requirements. Um, but the hero specific to those housing element um, sites. 
Okay, perfect. Thank you. Does that conclude your comments? Okay. Commissioner Tordias. Thank you, Chair. I wanted to start by just uh, addressing uh, Commissioner Young's question earlier. I think the important thing to underscore here, as Jared was saying, is that this is specifically relevant to sites that were on previous sites inventories during previous planning cycles and then subsequently did not have housing develop. I think the important thing to recognize here is that not necessarily San Jose, but cities all throughout California have a history of using the housing element as basically a paper exercise where they pencil in a lot of affordable housing capacity, but in ways that is not actually feasible to build. So through that lens, I think HCD's perspective here is that this 20% threshold for ministerial approvals, when the site has been previously identified and then not built upon, is specifically to lower the barrier to entry for folks who would want to come onto these sites and build housing, including on-site affordable housing. So I think through that lens, that's why they are a little sensitive to the idea of adding these additional constraints on top of what is listed in state law and how it could be seen to be a barrier that some cities, again, not San Jose, might use to kind of abuse the process and avoid building any affordable housing at all. So I think that's kind of the perspective they're coming from. Outside of that, I just wanted to thank staff for the con continued work on the housing element. Uh, I know it's been a long process to get to this point, uh, but. I think that the uh, draft that HCD is reviewing is a substantial improvement upon what came before the commission last spring. Uh, so thank you for being receptive to comments from the public, this commission, uh, HCD, and hopefully we can uh, count on that certification within the next couple of days. Thank you. All right, I don't have any other hands up. Do we have a motion regarding tonight's action? Okay, there's a motion from Commissioner Oliveria. Second. And a second from Commissioner Casey. If there's no further discussion, we'll go to a roll call vote on this. Okay. Vice Chair Nelswise, is that to vote or do you have a comment? I, I did have a comment actually. Okay, go ahead. Um, you know, just because of the, you know, you all wanted 100% and I understand, um, you know, the dilemma and, and, you know, the intent to try to allow, but why go to the minimum of just 20 and not 30? Or what incentives is the city doing when applications come in to maybe incentivize developers to build more than 20% affordable housing? So I, I think had we had more time, I think we would have con considered, you know, a higher threshold than the minimum potentially on these sites, but we didn't know necessarily what that threshold could be because we thought that 100%, you know, was, was compatible. Um, as I mentioned, I think, you know, our, the threshold in the mixed income overlay is 25%, and maybe on these sites uh, that would have been more appropriate and, and compatible with state law, but um, that requires a, a general plan amendment on those sites to enact that, that overlay, and so we just don't have, didn't have time mm -hmm. to, to do that. So um, I think it was, like I said, it was really a time um, crunch to, to make sure that we're compliant by the deadline, which is why we didn't kind of go above that that minimum, just um, you know, getting something that's compliant. And then, as I mentioned, it's on our work plan to kind of look again at, at these sites and, and all sites in, in North San Jose for potential uh, changes to the, their existing overlay or you know, other sites that might, um, you know, might be good candidates for, for the overlay. Okay, thanks. Thank you, Vice Chair Nelswise. Uh, if we have no other comments, we'll move to a vote on Commissioner Alvario's motion to approve the staff recommendation. Oh, Commissioner Bickford. Sorry, I couldn't find the button. That's all right. I do have a question. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm wondering, I didn't listen to the city council discussion, but I'm wondering uh, what they said about 20% versus 100%. That's a, a mighty big swing. And, and just putting my sort of citizen of San Jose hat on, where we all know uh, how important affordable housing is, I get barrier to construction, uh, I get return on investment and all of those things, but anybody know what the council actually said? Yeah, uh, to I think kind of to, to summarize, I think their their kind of questions concerns were very similar to yours, you know, and, and wanting to make sure that we were going to keep this on our work plan and kind of continue to, to look at those sites in in the future. Um, and I think we're you know again kind of express some of the the same um, as Commissioner Young, you know, of, of you know understanding how things have worked in San Jose and our, our knowledge of how 100% affordable has been, you know, successful in, in, in other as a city and other policies that we've had. I don't know if, Michael, if you had anything to add. No, I think that that captured, I think there was one comment from uh, uh, Councilmember Batra though, I, he, about, um, we had a back and forth with uh, uh, Councilor Batra about um, the 20%. If you require developers to build affordable, that's a bear, they, they're not going to build it. It's too much of a burden for market rate developers to build. And I think we were trying to explain to him that this is a different situation where these sites were identified for affordable housing. And so we want them to be affordable. And if a market rate can build 20% affordable, then thumbs up. But we didn't want to just change into 100% market rate. So I think it was a larger issue for him, but he got a little bit, I think, tripped up on the concept of what we were doing. But yeah, Jen, they were obviously supportive, and I think everyone is very eager to see the housing element certified and do what we need to do, and let's move on. So they did ask questions about well, what happens if they, they send a letter that we need to do more work, and we explain what that process would be. But um, I think, you know, we think we're in pretty good shape, but we don't want to count our chickens before they've hatched. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Commissioner Bickford, did that answer your questions? Oh, Commissioner, or Vice Chair Oswes? I, I just know that as, as planning staff for a city so big, you have so much tremendous power and influence when a developer comes in. And so, of course, you know, as a commissioner, you know, as a resident of San Jose, hey, I would just encourage you to always think of the people uh, and, and, you know, to try to encourage a little bit more uh, affordable housing. And um, I think that there, there's, there's, you know, exchange, you know, there's a lot of um, exchange there and there's a lot of power. And um, I would, I believe that you could exercise that in good faith and um, always encourage more affordable housing in the 20%. Thanks. All right, that's uh, the end of the speaker list, so we'll go to a vote. Vice Chair Nellis Wise? Yes. Commissioner Barosio? Yes. Commissioner Bickford? Yes. Commissioner Cantrell? Yes. Commissioner Casey? Yes. Commissioner Garcia? Yes. Commissioner Oliverio? Yes. Commissioner Rosario? Yes. Commissioner Tordillos? Yes. Commissioner Young? Yes. Myself, yes. That is 11 in favor, zero no's. So that passes. We'll continue on with the last few items on our agenda. For item six, referrals from city council, boards, commissions, or other agencies. Do we have anything? No, just a report back. Yeah, okay. That'll be under item seven, good and welfare. Let's hear the report from city council. 
So we talked about um, the, uh, the, the urgency ordinance already that happened last night, so they approved that. Um, the other item was uh, an annexation, I think zoning, and Kirk wrote, I have to bring it up, but they approved that. Um, let me bring that one up. But the, the one that I think might be of interest was the appeal on the alcohol sales at the grocery store on White Road. There was a lot of speakers on that, many for um, allowing alcohol sales uh, at the grocery store. Uh, many, probably equal, maybe slightly less, um, against allowing it. And so, um, but ultimately I think the, the, count, the city council person uh, did not was sympathetic to the people that did not want um, alcohol sales in that neighborhood given the history and the, and the nearby school and the council um, ultimately voted to approve the appeal and deny the CUP. So um, let me see if there's a vote here, hang on, because I, I actually checked out at the time of the vote, so. Yeah, it doesn't say, it just says uh, the appeal was approved. So, and then the, yeah. Um, there was also an application for historic property Mills Act contract on uh, the Edenvale Avenue at the Hayes Mansion that was approved. Um, application, a city landmark uh, on another property, a North Third Street was approved. This isn't really something you would have considered, though. I'm sorry, this is really old. I have the wrong thing up. What happened? <laughs> that was pretty much it, was I think those two main items. Let me just, I have to find it. Um, while Michael's looking for that, uh, I don't, just hopefully we can go through the rest of item seven. Um, Subcommittee formation reports outstanding business. Do we have anything for that? I don't think we do. No. And then commission calendar and study sessions. There's nothing listed on the agenda, but I know staff reached out to us about the next meeting being on Valentine's Day and asking about attendance. Are we still having that meeting as scheduled or? She wanted my wife to ask. <laughs> yes, we are. We have a quorum for the 14th of February. Okay. Robert. Thank you for confirming that, Robert. So yes, we, we will. Yeah. yeah. So and to, to be Michael, uh, he already went through all everything that was approved or denied yesterday. The the other list he was looking at was the previous uh, city council meeting, and they were about two or three weeks prior to that. So. Okay, I'm having a little trouble hearing Robert through the speaker, but it sounds like he's saying that that did complete the report. Yeah, the, the other one was the was a. Uh, Annexation and pre-zoning at 225 Kirk Avenue, which was approved. There's another one that the Planning Commission, did, if, I don't know if you're interested, but this is not, the Planning Commission did not consider this, but there is a responsible construction, proposed responsible construction construction ordinance. There's a responsible construction contract ordinance, um, and the council voted to direct staff to prepare something to bring back. So that's sort of an ongoing item. Uh, and that's it. Okay. Thank you, Michael. All right. And then the final thing under good welfare is the public record. Do we have anything for that? No. I've never known what that's even supposed to be. Honestly. Yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> All right. Is that, so. Is that a court opportunity for doing public record or just putting it in? Um, I think 
generally if we wanted to say something that's not on the agenda, public comment would be the time for it. Like the public comment at the beginning? I, that's my guess. I don't know. Okay. Might be a Sure. All right. Um, like them or not, uh, we had a caller today talking about the impacts of redlining, the significant impacts of redlining specifically on black and brown communities and the fact that there has never been a remedy for that. I would really implore city council to fund a study on those impacts and use that study to address those issues and look for remedies to redlining. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Cantrell. With that, we've reached adjournment on the agenda. It's 7.18 p.m. Thank you, everyone. Good night.